You're listening to And what is poppin' everybody? My name is Marvin Yue and you're listening to the Good Pop Culture Club for Thursday, June the 9th, 2022. Um, due to some scheduling issues, mainly that I am going on a extended vacation, um, my first um, pandemic era vacation. Uh, we did not have time to get together this week to record a full episode. Uh, so instead, I've put together a uh, so instead, I've put together another um, bonus clip show for you, uh, highlighting the best moments, uh, hi- highlighting some of our favorite what's popping moments over the la- highlighting some of our favorite what's popping moments over the last few months. Um, so hopefully that will tide you over until our next episode. So yeah, I hope you enjoy a uh, good popping volume two. How was your vacation? Oh, it was lovely. I like, yeah, it legitimately was like a woman, like a fucking Hallmark movie. There actually is a, I don't know if it's Hallmark or Lifetime or whatever. There is Mm -hmm. actually a movie called Christmas in Vienna. And Mm -hmm. the main character's name is Jess, but she's played by Sarah Drew. Mm-hmm. Um, who does not look like me? No, <laughs> she's April Kepner from Grey's Anatomy. For those who don't know, but like we we kind of like we're concocting our own like drama called My Coconut Prince. Um, because my boyfriend is Filipino, he came up with the name, and then and also the song of our trip was My Coconuts by Kim Petras. Oh don't God. know why, because Kim Petras is German, and we thought that would be appropriate. Like it was it was a weird mashup. But then like here's what they don't fucking tell you: it's fucking cold over there. I mean, I mean, like, I think we knew that, yeah, right? Yeah, we could have told you that. Well, here's something else. else. My dumbass, <laughs> my dumbass was like, look, I got to look cute for these photos. So I was wearing a sweater that I did not learn until the last day. Or I was wearing a coat. I was wearing this wool coat that I did not learn until the last day. Effectively provided me zero warmth. Mm-hmm. Which is why I was so fucking cold the entire time. And then the last day, I switched over to like the Uniqlo, like a puffer jacket, which is like cute, but like it just makes me look like a Michelin man because I'm not like a small gal. So like, but I finally because it was like it was like sludgy, you know, like it was like mm-hmm. raining and like kind of like gross. So like on the last two days of the trip, um, where it actually was snowing. And not just like snow on the ground. I switched into my, um, you know, Uniqlo trench, like bomber, long bomber. And I'm like, holy fuck, I'm so warm. This mm-hmm. is, I was like, oh, that coat did nothing for mm-hmm. That other coat did nothing for me. But it looked cute. It looked mm-hmm. cute. I feel like you should have been more prepared. It was like, it wasn't like, it was like, I was still like, I could still function. It's just like, you know, like it was maybe not as pleasant to like linger mm-hmm. outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say like, I made it out of that with, um, without catching COVID. Thank you, Bavaria and Austria. <laughs> you know, they were, they were very legit on checking all the documentation and like every, every train we took, every uh, restaurant we went to, they all checked our COVID, uh, you know, our vaccination record against an ID. That was cool. Uh, Christmas market, super cute. And then, um, ooh, the mugs. I came back with like seven mugs because that's a thing. Oh, funny. It was great. And then uh, I was also, <laughs> there's some things that were still closed. So it was also like, it forced me to like slow down because it's like, oh, the thing you want to do, it's just closed. Like, what can you do? <laughs> so I actually really like this. 
version of traveling. I think I had to adopt more of this like slower, just chill, just vibes. Um, you know, go around without a plan. <laughs> well, I mean, at least plan ahead with your wardrobe because I think if you wanted to do the cute <laughs> coat, you needed to layer in those thermals underneath. I yeah. did layer, I did layer, <laughs> but then the problem is then you get too hot when you're inside of you. Like it's it's mm-hmm. a lot, it's a whole ordeal. Okay, Marvin. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh well, welcome back, Jess. <laughs> We're glad that you're back with us here oh, in no. LA um, for oh, another no. year of good pop. Uh, all right, Han. What was popping with you over the break? Well, so there's a theme to some of the things I'm going to be mentioning, but I will focus on one. But uh, so I binged the latest season of Queer Eye. Always happy to be back with my five guys. Um, They were in Austin, Texas, which is always fascinating to me because Texas is and and still is actually very uh, interesting place to be these days. PBS's All Creatures Great and Small just started again. It's the second season, which is uh, set during uh, after World War II, but between World War One and Two. I can't remember now. Um, but in the uh, English countryside, has a lot to do with sheep and you know farm animals. Very nice. Um, and then uh, I also got down with the Calm app, and that's the thing I'm going to talk about because pretty much everything I am being drawn to. These days are very soothing, mellow, feel good things. And my I'm not one to make uh, resolutions, but my, let's say, uh, intention of 2022 is to just prioritize mental health and really do it, not just say I'm going to do it. So, uh, I mean, the the one thing I'm dragging my feet on is finding a therapist, but I still do need to do that. But the first thing I did was um, figure out like. Apparently, my workplace has a discount with Calm. So I signed up for that. And I just realized that my health insurance, I think, gets me free headspace. So I'll check that out at some point. But so uh, the Calm app for any of those who haven't tried it, I am very bad at meditation. I've been doing yoga for maybe 20 plus years. Pretty good at yoga. Pretty bad with meditation. And um, my mind is just not still. And so... uh, I've been trying to do that because, honestly, the past two years have been very difficult to still my mind and get sleep. Um, my sleep, I've always been an insomniac, and um, it's gotten worse, <laughs> apparently. So uh, this is one of my ways of trying it. So not only do they have like daily meditations, all that type of stuff, but the fun thing that I was very interested in are the sleep stories, which, if you have not heard of them, are celebrity-narrated stories for you to fall asleep to they're bedtime stories for adults they also have kids <laughs> kids ones now uh, and then you can figure out which ones you like there are a lot of stories about trains trains that are going through various places in the world <laughs> and then you can hear about geography and they're narrated by people from that area so um the things i seem to like the most are anything narrated by an english person <laughs> um if you are from Doctor Who, Game of Thrones, One Direction, any of those things, I will probably listen to your sleep story first. Um, the rhythms are really nice. Uh, sometimes they're, they're much slower. There are other people I never knew of, and I just like looked them up, and I was like, you're amazing. You're a great narrator. A lot of these sleep stories are you know, anywhere from 15 to 30, 45 minutes. So the goal is, of course, you don't hear the end of the sleep story. <laughs> Is um, there a Cillian Murphy sleep story? Yes, and that's one of my favorites. 
He has one um, on the train, um, and it is definitely set in Ireland. He has such a beautiful little lilt. And I've listened to that actually two or three times. So I was about to say, I should have said Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders season six. Yes. Wouldn't it be funny if like Liam Neeson's like narrating and all of a sudden someone's like taking the train hostage and he has to like fight a bunch of wolves. I would kind of love that. Because the wolves have kidnapped his daughter. But then you'll never hear that part because you'll fall asleep during the nice quiet part. It all depends. You you can definitely tell when I'm having a really bad sleep night when I actually get to the end and I'm like, do I need to start another one? Um, because it's usually in the middle of the night when I wake up is wh- where my bad insomnia is. So, uh, yeah, I, I have to say, I don't know if I'm, a, you know, 100%, uh, recommend this to anyone. I don't know whether or not it works for you, but, um, I think it's kind of a fun feature. It's one of the reasons why my boss knew who Harry Styles was <laughs> because he does what I I've been saving you that one. I will listen to it, but, um, I've been saving for, uh, it up in case I really needed it. So we will see if any of these things make a difference. But um, yeah, for right now, I have my little celebrity friends in my phone talking to me. <laughs> All good. Anyway, so what is popping with you, Marvin? Um, so like I mentioned, I've been on deadline all week, so I haven't had time to really watch anything. But I did um, <laughs> manage to. So I caught a Wall Street Journal article about how. They redid some of the um, the audio description track of Bridgerton to make it sound more like a romance novel. And mm-hmm. so I went back and watched some scenes with it. And man, as a fan of like audio storytelling and fictional podcasts, mm-hmm. they did a really, really good job. And I don't know, have you have any of you tried watching Bridgerton with the with the audio descriptions yet? No, but I'm down for it because I've heard so many good things about well done. Audio descriptions, like if you can find a movie that has audio descriptions, um, especially an action movie, they're kind of amazing. I hear they're, that they're better than sometimes than the actual books because, of course, they're briskly paced. So I am down to yeah. try this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me actually play a clip for you and let me know what you think. She looks toward the clearing ahead. There's something there. She aims her rifle. Well, it will signify little if you mean to hold your gun in that way. I know how to hold a gun. Evidently not a British one. You have to... He moves closer. I require no instruction. Just hold it. He yanks up her back elbow. Like this. He wraps his arms around her. His large pale hands enfold hers, touching skin to skin. Oh, my God. As he turns his head, his chin brushes the collar of her jacket. (laughs) Her dark lashes flutter. His mouth draws close to her delicate ear. Her cupid's bow lips part. There the two of you are. They rejoin the party. Well, you better rejoin us. (laughs) (laughs) I wanna I wanna hear the description of when when they do it. Her thigh. No, well, there's that. (laughs) But when he sees her thigh. I did pull up that scene and it's not as it's not as good. Okay. Yeah. But this is actually very good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna do a stupid thing, which is on my plane ride. I'm gonna listen to this and which is the worst place, (laughs) by the way, to uh, read romance content. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, it's I I was just thinking about it. I was like, what am I gonna do while I listen to this? Because I've already seen it. I was like, oh, I can do chores. (laughs) So probably the safer. 
yeah. uh, w- place to get hot. <laughs> Apparently, they also redid the entire audio dis- audio description of the first season as well. So that's very smart. Plenty of so, content to go back to. <laughs> th- I mean, so for those, yeah, I mean, obviously, so audio descriptions typically are for uh, people who have visual impairment, and I think kind of like what we've re- uh, what we've realized with closed captioning is that people who don't just have um, hearing impairment like closed captions. So I think they were, they're they also, you know, besides making these audio descriptions better, that it helps with all accessibility. Like, it means that people like us can also experience Bridgerton a second time. <laughs> so I'm all pro accessibility for everyone. It's kind of like the uh, uh, alt text on social media posts. <laughs> I, I like looking at those too. Yeah, it's amazing. It's um, I've I've went back to like the dance scene and other scenes and just, yeah, it definitely adds a layer. And especially for you two who love romance novels as a genre, I think the first thing that came to mind for me was I need to tell Han and Jess about this. What I love is they get a Brit to do it, so I think that's <laughs> nice. I also here's the second thing which I haven't checked it out yet, so this might be my what's popping next week. We'll see. Is um, Jonathan Bailey who plays Anthony. Uh, is my new uh, sleep story narrator Ooh. for Calm. And so I'm, I, I, I saw it yesterday. I'm like, I think I'm a little too tired. I want to make sure I don't fall asleep to it. I just want to hear him. Are you sure yeah. it's going to make you fall asleep? Yeah. I'm like, isn't that just going to make you home bothered? <laughs> maybe. dreams. Maybe. But it's so funny because like none of these sleep stories are actually hot. <laughs> like, so <laughs> like I, I feel like we need a... Uh, a calm sleep stories after dark you know version but um th- yeah i think it's supposed to make you sleepy so it like i heard the the duke his sleep story and i definitely felt have fallen asleep twice to it because i'm like <laughs> this is not that interesting <laughs> so uh i was like what's this kid doing in here i don't need this um <laughs> but uh yeah so i will i'm very excited that they have continued the bridgerton tradition of having uh, a hot person <laughs> do some narration. Lowly to sleep with this. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited Sexy for that. Voice. Just speaking of Christmas movies. Um, okay, I've been sitting on this for a while. Um, I've been talking about it a lot offline to y'all. But in the spirit of this theme of Christmas movies, my good pop recommendation is going to be a Chris, a castle for Christmas, a, another Netflix original Christmas movie starring Brooke Shields and Carrie Elwes. I never know how to say his name. Elwes, Elwes. I always thought it was the used, dude, but... the dude from Princess Bride, mm-hmm. um, Wesley. Saw. Wesley and Saw. Yes, but you know he <laughs> when he was at peak hotness, Princess Bride and Robin. I actually think he's very attractive in Robin Hood Men in Tights. Mm-hmm. Um, he was yes. in that movie, huh? Mm-hmm. Just everything you want in a romance Christmas movie. You have enemies to lovers. You have dukes. Um, you have a very perturbing, but yes, it works, Scottish accent. Carrie Owens is not Scottish. He is very British, uh, mm-hmm. but he plays a Scottish duke. And Loki kind of sounds like Shrek sometimes, but it's mm-hmm. all kind of work. It's all kind of hot. Um there it's also a middle age later in life love story you know they are in their um late 50s 60, early 60s so we love that we love that there is a uh there is an implied sexual activity mm-hmm. which is pretty saucy for a christmas movie and surprisingly very very good music 
very great music choices, like classy music choices. So I will say it has all the great elements of a cheesy romantic Christmas movie, but it is a little elevated mm-hmm. um, as becoming of someone of Brooke Shields and Carrie Ilwes' stature. It's way better than um, Christmas in Africa, Africa, the one with Rob Lowe <laughs> and yes. Kirsten Stewart, not Kirsten Stewart, Kirsten no. Davis. Yes. Um. Yeah, would highly recommend. And I, again, I, you know, I'm usually, I'm not into like white supremacist, like neo-Nazi features. I'm like, never was into the blonde hair, blue eyed kind of like mm-hmm. straight dude look. But for some reason, the 60 year old white man has got me all flustered. But I mean, it was charm. It remains. He, he's still Wesley. Like, that's <laughs> he's the still thing. Wesley. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like kind of curmudgeon at first, but like, you know, and they like, you know, I'm not I'm not thinking about this from a I'm not thinking about like class relations in the UK. I'm not thinking about like um any of that because he is a duke and therefore a landlord, but you know, he's a noble landlord. Like, no, I'm not thinking about any of that. I'm just gonna watch this, enjoy their chemistry, enjoy the very charming kind of cast of side characters. It's also very diverse. Um, and just just a lovely little romp through the Scottish Highlands during Christmas. And then, it, of course, it ends in a party where you see Carrie Ilwes in a formal in a formal Scottish wear, which includes a kilt. So it's everything you want. Highly recommend it. Marvin, please watch it. You need to <laughs> understand. Um, yeah, would recommend. I, I also enjoyed the fact that she was a novelist. Um, so She's not a romance novel, a romance novelist, also not a journalist. Oh, that's a plus. <laughs> um, and so I always enjoy like they do this so much because so many people writing these things are writers. And so whenever they have uh, a fiction writer of some sort in a comedy, I just enjoy it. It's just so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, I didn't even mention um, really great, cute wingman dog. Really cute dog. Hamish. Very cute dog. And then Drew Barrymore. <laughs> This movie has everything. What? As Drew Barrymore. As Drew Barrymore. I do feel like Stefan, like, this movie has everything. <laughs> Carrie O is in the kill. A dog named Hamish. Knitting circles. And yeah. Drew Barrymore. It, it's <laughs> but all of good. that is factually true. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Wow. Uh, the singing. They even, you, you mentioned they have good music, but there's also good singing. Like, I enjoyed the, the Scottish singing there. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, like, Scottish... Like the Scottish romance trope is, I think, like a very ingrained, passionate mm-hmm. subculture within the romance. I mean, we can blame Outlander or yes. credit Outlander, depending yes. on where you fall on that side. Um, and so I appreciate that. And it's, <laughs> I mean, obviously not Scottish. I don't know how Scottish people feel about this, but it all works <laughs> for me, baby. It works for me as an American, yes. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm ready to move into Shrek Swamp because of that accent. You know, I'm easy pickings. Like, let's go. <laughs> I feel like it's the type of movie that uh, I'm, I'm glad it exists for your happiness. Um, I would it's probably recommend Marvin. it to my relatives. My aunt loves watching yes, specifically old like people it. romances. Like mm-hmm. um, she loved um, what was that Jack Nicholson one? Like as good as, good as, as it gets. gets. Yeah, that one's really good. Do not do not shit on as good <laughs> as it gets. Okay, it's a very good movie. That's good. Nancy Myers. Yeah, maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, I don't know if it's for you, Marvin. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> frankly, I don't know. I, I think I, I will recommend it to my mom, though. I mean, I did watch three Princess Switch movies, so maybe I'm in the mood now. <laughs> You want some mature love. It's, it, it is. I will say it is. Um, it is much more. 
it pulls off the grounded story much better than Princess <laughs> Switch does. How dare you? Uh, all right, Han, what's popping with you? Um, so I've been delving, uh, not really adjacent to that, but like into the mire that is the Lifetime movies, but with a twist. These are not the Women in Peril movies. These are not the V.C. Andrews movies, uh, which there are plenty of them. These are specifically the royal um biography movies that <laughs> they've made. Uh they actually started with uh William and Kate's wedding, but I didn't watch that one because who cares about them? Um so they now as of Labor Day, they now have three Harry and Meghan movies. And um the first one was about their royal romance and the second one was about the wedding. And so this latest one is escaping the palace and it goes all the way through to the Oprah interview that we all know so well and love. Um, and the funny thing is every single movie of the trilogy, I guess, uh, casts a new Harry and Meghan every single time. So you just get this random like beige girl and then this, uh, this, uh, ginger bearded guy every single time and they just you're just like who are you which which weasley brother are you are you telling uh, me that they they've created a harry and megan multiverse in yes lifetime? they they absolutely have um although the 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 kate and william uh seem to be consistent like i recognize <laughs> them between the movies and i was like how do you keep them but not the harry and the megans i don't understand um but it's just it's deliciously i mean Come on. Yes, they're bad. But they also are incredibly sympathetic on the side of Harry and Meghan, um, very clearly calling out the things that we as Americans would find insufferable, um, but also very clearly calling out, you know, racism. Um, We're all on the side of the Suits actress. Um, the, The very first movie I remember was kind of ridiculous because this is when the fairy tale was just beginning and so they made up the scene at the very end where you know uh where the queen basically invites megan to like walk through the royal picture gallery (laughs) and then shows them a picture of queen charlotte and you know reveals that she's african-american and harry's like what he's like yes harry you were also you know uh, multiracial <laughs> and i was just like oh. Oh, such bullshit you know I what i 100 percent. i watched this movie and i 100 percent burned this from my memory yeah i remember that scene made me laugh so much i was like okay i gotta write about this because at IndieWire we normally wouldn't write about that t- thing but i'm like no 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 we gotta write about this i kind of convinced them to write, like i was gonna write some harry and megan stuff even though IndieWire was like what the fuck why would we cover this and i was like she means something to america and and their portrayal and that scene that very obviously fake scene was definitely like whitewashing what we know uh was probably her actual experience and especially now it's confirmed like none of that shit happened um the other stuff did but not that scene so uh yeah i just after that i was just like okay i'm, I'm hooked on this series <laughs> so um they had a, uh, a labor day marathon culminating in the latest one it's pretty bad um <laughs> and, and and i can't recommend them enough if this is kind of your thing i i i am always looking for uh low stakes things to watch during lunch because that way i can turn it off and go right back to work without 
feeling like, oh, I need to watch more. This, this is perfect for that. This reminds me of all those people I know that love watching like really bad horror films, like trauma films. Yeah. Oh God, the trauma. Yeah, this is this is our <laughs> trauma film. Yeah, because I can't do trauma. I've I've watched one trauma film when I, like during college, and I was like, nope, don't need Toxic Avenger again, ever. Um. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yes, I will take hair and Megan right now. <laughs> Fake hair and Megan all the way. Um, Here's my question: Do the Megan and Harrys get progressively worse, like the casting, or better? Uh, honestly, I can't say because the thing is, the only actress I actually ever recognized was the first one because she, the first Megan, was in a TV series I actually covered, but I haven't recognized any of the other. So, so they're no better or worse. The, the material they're given isn't great. There's always some sort of like, like hand wringing villain at some point. Um, this this one is. Is it like, always Philip? Oh, it's not always Philip. No, 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 no. Oh, I mean, William, it's William Charles, D- right? Or the paparazzi. William, I guess there's some. Is there like an overzealous paparazzi? There, there are so reporter? there are so many. Like there are the people, uh, the the tabloid, uh magazine reporters that that are on tv there's the people inside the uh the palace who are supposed to be helping out uh yeah william (laughs) totally is portrayed as a pretty bad guy um throughout so yeah (laughs) it's it's very enjoyable um it 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 confirms all the things that you're feelings basically (laughs) so that's for me marvin what's popping with you so marvin what's popping with you all right, so I think we all knew this was coming um, this past week. Aww. One of my favorite shows, The Expanse, um, came to an end on Amazon. The Expanse is the sci-fi epic uh, that's going on for the last six, seven years. Uh, season six was a shorter season, six episodes, but man. So I feel like in this day and age where American TV has become more serialized, when we come to the end of a long-running beloved series, I feel like people are always on a little edge because, you know, mm-hmm. we've been hurt before. Right. For every good ending that nails it, you have like a Game of Thrones or a How I Met Your Mother. So, you know, going into um, this final episode, I was I, I wouldn't say I was worried uh, because the showrunner and the writers have been doing an amazing job with this adaptation um, with the blessing of the original writer team that wrote the novels that the series is based on. But there was a lot of story to get through. So I wasn't sure if they were going to fit it on one episode. But man. They really nailed it. Um, they stuck the landing. Uh, the last episode is 60 minutes long, which is a good 10 minutes longer than the other episodes of the season. And it was just balls to the wall action. Um, I, I want to say probably like 45 minutes was just one giant space battle, including an amazing spaceship fight and the most intense drop sequence you've ever seen. Basically like a World War II landing scene on Omaha Beach, except in space where you're in the drop pod. And man, it was just, I think they did a really great job mixing both the space action that you love from The Expanse with the amazing character work. And much like another beloved fantasy series, um, the episode did end with a king-making scene, except this one made sense. And no one is upset at the result. The person who deserved to win won. <laughs> Where they actually put someone on a throne? Um, so so you're saying that beyond just the action, the actual emotional and uh, storytelling aspect worked? Yeah, and I think The Expanse, one of its strengths has always been its cast. It has a very diverse cast, not only with strong female characters, but strong characters of color as well. It portrays a future that, you know, even though there's still 
classism and like space tribalism. It's filled with people that look like you and me and looks more like the future that we like to see. I mean, in the main cast, like it's majority women of color. Um, you have a Iranian woman playing the leader of Earth. You have a black woman playing the lead engineer. You have a Samoan woman playing a space marine, a First Nations woman playing a space pirate queen, um, and a Chinese Canadian woman playing an inmate on a redemption arc. And Stephen Strait, hottie. And Stephen Strait, yes. The hottie from Sky High. Yeah, and Stephen Strait. Um, and even like the main bad guy is probably like the hottest evil gaslighting <laughs> demagogue you've ever seen on TV. If bad, why so attractive? <laughs> <laughs> to make you uh, conflicted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, look, I've always been open to watching it. I watched the first half of the first season, and uh, it was just one of those things that I didn't have to cover it at the time. Uh, so once you fall behind in this day and age with too much TV, it's very hard to, it's very hard to catch up. But uh, you, the nice thing is, and I noticed this with TV, uh, with books to book series also is once it's ended, I kind of feel better about like picking it up <laughs> because then I don't feel like it's going to stretch for like ever. Um, also when you say it stuck the landing, that makes me more willing to watch yeah. it and get into yeah, it. Yeah. You're like <laughs> not going to be disappointed at the end. <laughs> Like, man, I wasted my time. Yeah, so I guess that's all to say, much like Han just mentioned, if you've been on the fence about The Expanse, now is the time to jump into it because the series is over. Maybe um, there is a chance that the series might come back. They dropped a lot of hints during this final season because um, this season actually adapted book six of the series, which is a nine-book series. So there's still three books left. Um, what works out is the final three books, the final trilogy, can kind of be its own thing if you need it to be because it takes place 30 years after the end of book six. And the showrunner, Naren Shankar, has been dropping hints that they might already be working on something. So people are speculating it might be a trilogy of movies, perhaps. Um, it's six seasons and three movies, you know. But yeah, I'm really excited. Um, I'm happy about the way the show ended. I'm sad that it's over, but I am cautiously optimistic that we'll see more uh, from this world in the future. Because the final three books get real, like, sci-fi space fantasy. Um, let's just say um, there's a space empire involved. But yeah, um, The Expanse, still good. You guys check it out. Uh, let's start with Jess. What's popping? So I don't know if you've heard or have signed up for the text messages because this <laughs> festival will not stop texting me. But I purchased tickets for when we were young. The emo music festival happening <gasps> mm -hmm. in Vegas in October and its headliners include My Chemical Romance and Paramore and Avril Lavigne. But here's the weird thing, guys. I actually missed this entire phase in my youth. At the hmm. same time, everyone was getting into youth, like emo, like was very formative. I diverted and went into C-pop and K-pop. <laughs> so I do not have a history with a lot of these bands. Obviously, I know some of their famous songs. So my beloved lovely very sweet boyfriend who wants is very excited about this has created me a spotify playlist <laughs> called uh when we were young for jess and i've just been like studying all these different bands and like listening to it and i can't i'm i'm not gonna lie it's a little rough as an almost 30 year old it's like oh this is a some it's a little cringy like it's a lot of feelings it's a lot of that like we got Hold on. this is coming from like, the same girl that was really into um olivia rodriguez music 
I like Paramore, but the, some of these other deeper band cuts, I'm just like, why are you whining Let- so much? <laughs> you need, I don't know about you, but like, I adore Dashboard Confessionals. So oh, I love Dashboard. That's like yes. older, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah like, breathe yeah. in for love. Yeah, love that shit. But <laughs> Hands some of down. Like, some of like the whiny, like, I, you know, the very like Blink-182 mm-hmm. tinge. I'm just like, oh, but I'm like brute forcing it because you know that when you, the more you listen to a song, you just end up liking it regardless of whether yes. or not you that has happened like to it me, or not. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I am basically repeating this playlist until October. So I will not be, I got to blend in, you know, I have to blend in and I get to mm-hmm. finally buy that studded black belt that I never bought or that mm-hmm. my mom would not buy me. Let me know Hot if you, Topic. let me know if you need to uh, borrow any cuffs. Oh my I, God. Uh, yes. Let me rage. <laughs> we should do an exchange club. Yeah. Like, a, like, like I'll bring, I'll bring like all the professional gear you may need for like press <laughs> tours and DCA right. or red carpets. And I will just raise your closet for like, make me an emo middle schooler again. Yeah. I probably have like, that was my aesthetic for sure. Like, uh, sleeveless stuff also. Um, yeah. Anything that was, I like started out in the goth and then I, I went up to alternative rock and then also the emo, <laughs> all of it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to go some of the deeper because you got to go something corporate. You got to go Our Lady Peace. Something corporate is not getting back together. Okay. He is now married to Lauren Conrad from the, uh, from <laughs> the, the hills? hills and he's a lawyer. Okay. He doesn't have to work another day in his life. He's married are- <laughs> to Lauren Conrad. There are a lot of bands on this list, though, because my friends were sharing it. And I was like, do I want to go to this? And I hadn't decided yet. Yeah. Also, like, well, they keep adding weekends. So Oof. you I might as well go I, for it. Well, what, just tell me what weekend you're going and then maybe we can coordinate. OK. And then <laughs> um, I was also like, oh, they really they really like to call ladies whores this yes, time yes yes <laughs> that was very i was like oh okay okay guys sure yeah again 30 years old you know like different different mindset but i'm like yeah it's it's i'll like it i'll get there <laughs> oh man maybe i should check out this concert too yeah we should all go it'd be a good <laughs> good pop road trip oh my god do it let's do it all right han what's popping with you Okay, so I went back and forth on what to discuss. And even though I did watch Pieces of Her, which is a very interesting thriller on Netflix, and finished Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is meh, um, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to talk about The Courtship. Because even though it's maybe not the best show in the world, and actually not even a good show, um, it's an interesting show to talk about. Whether or not I stick with it, we'll see. But uh, Marvin watched it also, so he and I can talk yeah. about it. I, so here, people who listen to the show know that I don't usually watch dating shows. It's not really my thing. Um, and I picked this show up thinking, oh, you know, it's an interesting concept. Let's see what they do with it. And well, let's talk yeah. about the concept. <laughs> so the concept is that there is a modern woman who is who is set up in a Regency style courtship ritual. So it's basically like Bridgerton meets Bachelorette. So all of these suitors come to this estate in England um, and she and her parents, because, of course, you cannot get married without your parents approval. You need chaperones. Yes, yeah, chaperones. And her friend is a chaperone um, and uh, are all there. They're all wearing their Regency finery. They are living in this low manner for the time being. And all these guys come up uh, in carriages or on horseback or whatever to uh, vie for her hand. 
And the thing is, so here's what they kind of get right, which is very few, by the way, <laughs> very few things. One, that they do uh, refer to the men by their last name. And as is proper, most of them are Mister. They are not lords. <laughs> they are not. They are See, not. See, that's that's the fuck up first fuck up yeah. right there. You well, need some I mean, dukes in there. That's accurate, but it also means that they probably wouldn't be there because they'd all be poor. However, <laughs> there is one military man, Captain Captain Kim, uh, but he's not wearing a red suit because he's not British. Uh, but um, so anyway, so it's here's the thing the there are obviously going to be a certain amount of modern anachronisms. Um, the, the bachelorette, the whatever diamond of the season of the first water of the season, she is a black woman, which, you know, unless it's Bridgerton, that's not going to happen right in, in the 1800s or whatever Regency era. Um, so obviously, you know, that means that these uh, pool of suitors are also similarly diverse. Um, and so that's about as far as I was willing to give them as far as breaking the rules. Um, but the rest of it is just so, just so fast and loose. I mean, like, here's my, my other thing. I really wanted them to at least be very strict on the uh, on the propriety. Like, you do not touch hands. Um, you do not kiss. You do, uh. All of that stuff. You need to get married if you kiss them. And in the in the trailer alone, she's like kissing all yeah. these dudes. Han, we watched this trailer. She kissed like five dudes in that trailer. She, she kissed like at least five dudes. And one of them, she was like lying on top of him. I was just like, oh, oh, that's so scandy. <laughs> yeah. And then even in the first episode, she kisses a guy, but another guy, she like rubs his belly. I'm just like, what? Huh? So no, that, you have to do it in like sneaky or clandestine. That's what makes it right? hot. Right. Stop. So that's what upset me is like the rest of it should have been really like strictly because I think that would have been the fun of seeing them get really hot and bothered by <laughs> not being able to. Like when we talk about um, how hot that Emma dance was with Mr. Knightley. Yes, the dancing is so hot. Because they like barely, they, they, that's the only thing we touch. touch. Yeah, th like their hands touch and you're just like, oh, it's smoldering, right? But they're so horny for each other, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I do have to say that's where um, Bridgerton season two does better than season one. Because season one, it was, I was laughing. Can you talk about that right now? Are you still, are you not embargoed? I, I, I can't, I can't really talk about it as far as a, um, a review, but. If you even know the story, yeah. Anthony has the best story. That's the best book. Oh, they do, they, they change quite a bit, but we'll talk about it's that fine. when we get Okay, well, we, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. can talk about that when we get, we should do a whole, we need to do a whole, um, we're going to do a Bridgerton season rewrap. Yeah, because, <laughs> because this I'm is an Asian. Have feelings. I'm going to have so many feelings. <laughs> yeah, this is good. Again, I would like to reiterate just, you know, we'll delve into this later. Julia Quinn's a terrible writer. Yes, okay. she is. And so that's why I feel like the season really improves upon her. But <laughs> um, because it is also a very Asian season, I think it's an interesting um, thing what they do. Anyway, so yeah. what, uh, Marvin, also, you can help trash this show. <laughs> I mean, it's not to trash. I, I feel like I'm the same with you, Han. Like the concept was just so interesting. Um, because I think because of my interactions with you two this, these past two years, mm. um, I've been, I've been um, let's say, forcibly immersed into, you know, things like Bridgerton, things like Austin-like portrayals. And so mm -hmm. the concept, like I was, I think what it is, is much like the Book of Boba Fett, what I wanted to see and what I got are two yeah. entirely different things. Because I think what I wanted to see was too hot to handle meets like <laughs> regency setting yes. right yes yes yeah they should have just done too hot to handle but with 
Regency know, rules. Different costumes. <laughs> yeah. And then instead of that weird like Alexa that tells you the rules, you have like a butler. Yeah. yeah. There's, a, dude there's, a there's a butler here. So there's a butler here. Uh. <laughs> the, the other thing that I think we both agree on is that the farewell process is actually kind of hilarious. Yeah. Um, so what we actually got is the bachelor, the bachelorette with a Regency skin. But mm. all the guys are just like all the, the, the interactions are just as like messy. Like I didn't. I it's think it was what I was afraid would happen. And I mean, just just talk about the cast itself. Like you would think, okay, they're doing Regency. Uh. They're going to get a bunch of like gentlemen. They're going to be on their best behavior. They're going to try to like actually, at least, you know, like play the roles. But instead, I, I'm pretty sure if this was F-Boy Island, two thirds of these suitors would be F-Boys. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I I really, again, besides the actual show not giving us the real like sort of feel of Regency, I really wanted the characters to embrace that. So they're, they, Oh, we got readily... characters. They're all Wickhams. They're no, every single one of them well, is a Wickham. But they, <laughs> but none of them like, like, or at least very few of them researched the period. Like one guy was like, Oh shoot, I have to dance. Like, I was just like, you learned that day one, you know, and how to bow and how to, and how to address people and all this other stuff. I was like, and so I was kind of upset with that. And then, um, but here's the uh, so I guess we could talk about the farewell because it's so yeah funny. the farewell like so the whole elimination process is just I was just like laughing in disbelief on how like, okay so how how it's set it up how the actual farewell uh, the elimination is set up is she writes down um, six names three guys who uh, who she was probably going to say goodbye to and three guys she wants to give a warning to like you got to step up your game right but. But she doesn't do it straightforwardly. She does a final dance with each of them. And it's so poorly done because while they're dancing, they're talking, right? Which is what you're supposed to do in these Regency movies, right? Because that's where you flirt. And they're but so out of breath when they do it. Breath. <laughs> it's like, so what I need <laughs> from, me, from you. This is the <laughs> most poorly thought out. <laughs> but they're not even moving that fast. <laughs> okay. So that's bad enough as it is. And then when she actually says goodbye to them, she's like, um, your carriage awaits. Your carriage awaits. Okay. So what I'm hearing is it actually would have been better if they just mashed up Fuckboy Island and Too Hot to Handle. Yeah. Yeah. With Regency. like With traffic. Regency dressing. And you know what? There needs to be consequences for not following the rules. Yeah. Like you can't yep. attend this ball if you like are acting you know you're you have you're being improprietary or whatever yeah you get written up by a lady whistle down your yeah. name is yeah. on the shit like, list oh you're banished and then you can't go like, to this ball or whatever yeah, the thing. you can't go to this ball you can't go on this date like you know you don't get time with her they they obviously should have consulted us i mean i think what happened was whoever produced this show saw bridgerton and mm. saw like oh and let's... took all the wrong lessons yeah from oh, it. everyone fucks so let's just do no mm. it's only hot that they fuck because they can't fuck like <laughs> yeah i don't understand why that's so complicated to understand exactly exactly i think if i were to do this show i would make it like too hot to handle where we have like it would be an actual social season where you have a group of guys and a group of girls going to like social events together and like marvin i mean happens, this in a good right? way I, you give like humble rector energy <laughs> like not not Colin's energy, but more like you know, like you're the one, the nice, the the jewel wants to marry, but like she can't. But she like would, you know, she likes your company. 
<laughs> you know what I mean, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the other thing, I guess, like when you were talking about F-Boys, it's like so far after only one episode, obviously, I need to watch more. They're uh, all influencers. I, I, don't, I don't like anyone. Like, well, that's kind of a given at this point that people are influencers because like after watching um, uh, Love is Blind Japan, I did go ahead and see like who's on Instagram and you can tell who the influencers are. I mean, I get it. Obviously, influencers are the climbers mm-hmm. of the modern age. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they would be here. And that's how you can, you know, <laughs> cast these days. Instead of calling out, you can actually go search them out of yourself. But, yeah, I honestly, these aren't even really good influencers. I feel like um, you should have mixed in, like, I know the doctor went home the first episode. Sorry, spoiler. But he was kind of like. Oh, <laughs> when you, you know how I like a pun? His are not. A, his, his puns are good, <laughs> or at least his cheesy dad jokes are no good. They were like bad and then and so like the thing that she tells him and breathlessly so what i need from you is just it's it's so superficial like the jokes i like to laugh but i don't know the real you and and oh my god he's totally like pleads with her and gives her like a piece of jewelry like begging to stay and everyone's like oh you can do that like give her a gift and he still didn't stay was that the one who bad. said you, you, you're making a big mistake? That was probably the most like yeah, and then the most she, drama part of it. Yeah, and after she, she eliminates, it seems like you're making a big mistake. And I was like, oh, that felt regency. Yes, because <laughs> he's like, oh, you know, he's probably telling to go to the devil. You know. Um. Uh, anyway, so yeah, it, it's I feel like bad. there needs to be more, like more. The drama here needs to less be about look how messy these guys are, and more like. Who will the parents you know? Like, ooh, that guy's right. a doctor. That guy's a lawyer. The parents obviously want this. Right. For their daughter, everyone right? seems, yeah. Everyone seems just to be there for the fun ride. They're not actually playing their roles. And um, but anyway, I mean, yeah. <laughs> look, Sanditon is coming back on on Sunday. Bridgerton's coming back later in the month. So like, this is just kind of like scratching that yeah. itch, you know. Yeah. I know there's another episode. I might watch it, but I, I feel I have a feeling I might bounce. I, I, this one. <laughs> I, you are not required to watch anymore, but I will tell you if I watch more. <laughs> so, <laughs> if it gets any better, which I doubt it will. Anyway, yeah. Marvin, what's popping with you? All right. So um, we're back in Marvin's anime corner. Um, <laughs> I've been watching um, an anime called My Dress Up Darling, uh, which is currently simulcasting, which means it's releasing at the same time with Japan and America through the American streamers. Uh, so it is a high school slice of life um, rom-com starring um, Gojo Okana, who is a high school student who dreams of becoming a Hina doll um, artisan like his grandfather um, to take on the family business. Um, when he was a child, he was shunned by a childhood friend uh, for having a quote-unquote girly hobby. And so he's grown up as a socially isolated um, young man. One day at school, um, working on a sewing machine, he is um, stumbled upon by Kitagawa Marin, who is a popular girl in school, who discovers his hobby and his ability to sew. And to a surprise, instead of um, being disgusted hmm. by what she sees, she actually gets super excited because it turns out that she has been looking for someone to help um, her create a cosplay outfit. Because um, in addition to being a popular girl in school, she's also a huge otaku nerd who loves anime and video games and wants to try out cosplaying because she wants to dress up as her favorite characters. And what follows is a pretty charming rom-com um, where Marin helps encourage his um, passion and talent in creating clothes. And Wakana uses his talents to help Marin pursue her dream of cosplaying as her favorite um, anime and video game characters. 
And what I think is really cool is Marin isn't like your typical manic pixie dream girl. You know, she doesn't just exist to bring Wakanda out of his shell. Um, they both support each other. They both are pursuing their own agendas. And they both also have really great chemistry. Um, their interactions are super sweet. So the show itself is very wholesome. Um, but <laughs> it's also very, very horny. Because... Um, <laughs> Bury the lead. lead. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Because it does involve a lot of like getting dressed and measuring. And there's a lot of very, you know, um, the the anime definitely has very male gazy shots um, in between all the wholesome kind of rom-comness. So your mileage may vary if you're not down with that kind of stuff. It it might not not be for you. But other than that, it's a very cute and um, like upbeat and positive show, which is which is a lot of fun. It's also really funny. Um, I also mentioned this show. I started watching it because with the simulcast, they're also turning out the dubs for each episode um, a couple of weeks uh, behind. Whoa. And I was really excited to see that playing the lead role of Gojo Wakana on the English dub is um, our friend, the original hip hop violinist, Paul Date. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> And I'm very excited that his debut anime voiceover role is the main character of this very wholesome, horny anime. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I could do that. Now that I know it's Paul. That's funny. Because I get to hear him say lines like this. Uh-oh. Everything was great. Thanks a ton, man. Come back soon. Yum. That was so good. Agreed. It was delicious. Teenagers on a date. That sure oh, takes me back. Wanted to treat I miss those days. Adulting ruins lives. Okay, moment of truth. What did you think of Slippery Girls? Honestly, I haven't finished it yet. What part are you on? The one where he's up in front of the whole school at the morning assembly and can't stop ejaculating? No, no! actual hell! I know I was panicking for him. Poor guy just couldn't stop. Does she think that's funny or something? What's going on with his body? Dude must be Our future is in their sick little hands. Terrifying. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, that's the problem when you have too many friends who are in the entertainment industry. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I forgot to mention um, the female lead Marin. Um, not only is she a fan of anime and video games, she's a fan of horny, erotic anime and video games. I mean, slippery girls. <laughs> Come on. And yeah, so if anything I just said sounds remotely interesting to you, um, check it out. The anime is called My Dress Up Darling. It's streaming now on Funimation and Crunchyroll. And give it a shot if you're looking for a sweet, funny, and sometimes horny um, rom-com. And that was Good Poppin' Volume 2. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, if you've listened to the end here, that means you're probably one of our more engaged listeners. So if you have the time, we really would appreciate it if you went on to Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a rating and review. It does help us get into those pesky algorithms um, to help our show grow a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back next week to talk about the much-anticipated Andrew Undirected Quibi-turned feature film Pride and Purchase adaptation, Fire Island. But until then, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Hey, Brian. Did you go to Saturday School as a kid? I sure did. Did you? Totally. Well, at our podcast, Saturday School, we don't teach a language, but we pass along the culture that we do know. And that's Asian American pop culture. Ada is a journalist, and I'm a professor and film festival programmer. We've watched a lot of great Asian American movies, and we want you to watch them, too. Come listen to us as we look back at the pioneering films that have led us to today. 